Mark chapter 9, beginning at verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he tireth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tired him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And so we want to go back to the 23rd verse for just a minute. It says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible. To him that believeth. So if we had a text, it'd be with God, all things are possible. Amen. I want to let you know God's not forgotten us. He's not gone on a journey. I trusted in him a long time ago when I was an eight-year-old boy. We can go back, and I often like to refer back to whenever the Lord created man in his image and in his likeness. He took a handful of dust, and dust has very little value in our world, don't it? It's something that uh, you housewives or you gentlemen that run the vacuum cleaner would suck right up and do away with. It's something of no value whatsoever. Most people want to get rid of it. But God saw something in it and he made something special and that something special was you. He put, him, put that dust in his hands and molded and made us 
and created man in his likeness and in his image. And then he breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And I know we've all seen the, the painting on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel where God is reaching out with his finger and Adam is reaching out with his finger. I, I beg to differ with that. God put his hands on us. And we're still in his hands. We're still in the palm of his hand. Nothing has changed. He's still got us, even in this crisis that we're living in today. God is still in control. And he's still got his people. He's still got a divine hand of protection. Job thought that he was in a bad way, didn't he? He thought that, that God had forsaken him. He thought, and, and even his friends tried to accuse him of sin in, in so much because that he lost all of his children. He lost all of his livestock lost all that he's had and his friends found him sitting out on a dusty road covering dust and sore balls and his wife even accused him and said but but Job he said his wife said why don't you just curse God and die oh people have already just in the few short weeks we've been in this trial given up on God but Job told his wife he said you speak as one of the foolish women the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh the way blessed be the name of the Lord we don't need to worry about what God's going to do or what he's not going to do he's got us in his hand and with God all things are possible alright so let me just show you what God can do just some examples if you'll bear with me for just a minute I read one time where there was a young lad had borrowed an axe and he was felling trees. And as he was using the axe, he swung and the axe head came off and fell down in the water. And the man told the man of God, Oh, my, oh the man of God, this, this was borrowed, this tool was borrowed. And he worried that he would be in trouble because the tool was broken because he had lost the part that, that was used to fell the trees with. And the man of God took a stick and cast it out over the water and the iron axe head floated, came to the top and the man was able to retrieve it. That's God, folks. That's just one little thing that he can do. Now let's go on. Let's take a look at Hezekiah and what he did, what he did and what the Lord did for him. The Lord sent Isaiah down to Hezekiah's house and told him to set his house in order that he would die and not live. And so Isaiah followed suit and went down and told Hezekiah that. But Hezekiah trusted the Lord. Are you doing the same today? Or are you troubled? Are you worried? Are you consumed with what tomorrow might bring? I like the song, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who owns tomorrow and I know who holds my hand, we'll get through this through the mighty hand of God. Amen. All right. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed and he begged God 
to come by and help him. And before Isaiah got out, I guess you'd say, into the outer yard, the Lord spoke and said, go back in and tell Hezekiah, I've added 15 years to his life. Now listen, Hezekiah was not only sick, his nation was in trouble. They were about to be besieged by the Assyrians. And when, uh, when Hezekiah prayed, God heard and God answered. God, not, we only often stop sometimes at what the, the message was to specifically to Hezekiah that he was going to add 15 years to his life. But a greater message was given if we'll just read on in the Scriptures. The Lord promised Hezekiah that he'd deliver his nation from the Assyrians. I'm here to tell you today, our nation is besieged by this virus. We're consumed and we hoard things and we worry and we're concerned about touching this or touching that. Let's just trust the Lord for He's in control. And with God, all things are possible. All right. Let's just stay right on that for just a minute if you want to. Hezekiah, the king of Assyria, sent a letter, didn't he? Yeah. And Hezekiah, where did he go with that letter? <laughs> he went up to the house of the Lord, didn't he? When you're in trouble, folks, now I know these doors are staying locked because they're telling us we can't come in and I'm not going, not going to pretend it frustrates me. It yeah. frustrates me when I can't meet with the people I love when I can't shake their hand and hug their neck, when we can't rejoice together, when the church can't rejoice together, and we're separated right here, me and you, I don't know where you're at, and you know where I'm at, but we may be miles and miles and miles apart. We may be states, we may be nations apart. I don't know where you're at, but I'm here to tell you today, I'm part of the church. And if you've been saved by the grace of God, you are part of the church. And we can rejoice because we're children of the King. Hezekiah took the letter and spread it out before the Lord. You may not be able to go down to the church that you're a member of and be surrounded by the people that you love, but you can make yourself an altar and you can make an appearance before the King of Kings. You can fall down on your knees with a broken heart. Now I read in the scripture where he said he was nigh to them that were of a broken heart. You could be out in the yard with a heart that's broken and God will be right there. You could be down in the basement with a heart that's broken Broken, and God will hear your prayer. You could be up in the attic. You could be out in the yard. Wherever your heart is broken, God will hear and He will answer. Hezekiah spread the letter out before the Lord. And the Lord said, I'm just going to take what you've got and bless you with that. It didn't look like much to Hezekiah and his people, but it was able to help them survive for a year. And then God multiplied, multiplied, and multiplied. We are telling ourselves this will be over in a few weeks. Only God knows, folks. Did you ever stop to think if he slowed things down to get our attention? That he slowed things down so that you'll look around and see who you can really depend on. Oh, listen, with God, all things are possible. The Assyrians surrounded the city that Hezekiah was in. 
And they even sent the men from Assyria down to talk to the Jews in their own language. Did you know there are words today, there are churchy words, I'd say, a language that we speak as, as church folks. Satan uses those very same words. And he'll get you where you're so down and out. You just don't know what to do. That was the purpose of these men coming and speaking in the Jews' language. He wanted them to be so discouraged, so out of heart, that they would just give up hope. I, re I told you just a minute ago how God made the axe head to float. And I'm going to get to Hezekiah and what more God has done for him. Oh, I preached to you last time about the three Hebrew children going through the burning fiery furnace. I preached to you last time about Daniel and the lion's den. I preached to you just the other day about how the Lord parted the waters and the children of Israel crossed, crossed the, the Red Sea on dry land. Now I'm here to tell you today, God is going to help me and you. He's going to be right there if we fall before him with a broken heart. Oh, folks, oh, America, if we had fallen, he said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, that's our problem. Pride has eaten us up. We need to lay down every weight. And the sin was just so easy to beset us and run the race which the Lord has sent before us with patience. We have that today. It's about time that we trust the Lord because with God, all things are possible. Right. I'll not go all through it. Let me finish up with Hezekiah. Hezekiah, the Lord came in and sent a blast out over the Assyrian army. And when the sun rose the next day, there was 120,000 dead corpses just because God spoke the word. All God has to do is speak the word and this will be over. Well, preacher, I hope how soon that it is. I'd like to get back to my church. I'd like to get back to doing my normal routine. And if we don't get to there and it comes back on the clouds of glory, it'll be even better. Oh, if you think just getting back to the normal routine is good, wait till we step off on that shore. God, with God, all things are possible. So, getting back to Hezekiah, and he was talking with Isaiah, and he said, what shall be the sign that God is going to do what he said he's going to do? And Isaiah said, well, would you like for him to, to move the shadow forward on, on the sundial? Or would you like for him to move the shadow backwards? So God, with God, all things are possible. Men have tried for years. We've seen movies and things of that nature, science fiction, where men have tried to figure out how to, how to jump time, how to move from one time to another. God set the clock backwards. He made the sun to go backwards for Hezekiah. If he'd do that, now I've read the Bible. It says God is no respecter of persons. I know God loved Hezekiah. And he loves me. And he loves you. And he'll see us through this. So the Lord was speaking. He saw his disciples 
to get back to the scripture I read to you, he saw his disciples there in the scribes questioning them. That's the way the world is. And some of you don't even understand why I'm talking to you right now. Some of you don't even understand why we put forth the effort to tell you about a man named Jesus. To tell you that God can do things you can't. Oh. So the Lord asked these scribes, why question you them? And one of the men spoke. And he said, I brought my son. He has a dumb spirit about him. And oftentimes, it's caused him to almost fall off into the fire or to roll off into the water. And I'm concerned. I'm worried about it. Parents, if you have children and you're not concerned about them at this day and age, you need to repent and pray because your primary responsibility is to see to those children salvation. You may not hear that other places, but I'm going to preach it to you. It's not to see that they're well read, and that's a good thing. That's a good goal to have. It's not to see that they're academically smart. That's a good goal to have. It's not to see that they're successful and wealthy in this life, but your primary responsibility as a parent is to see to it that your child makes preparations to go to heaven when this life is over. And the only way to do that is to let them hear the gospel and teach them how important Jesus really is. Oh, this parent was concerned. He was troubled. He was just like Hagar when she was down there and had been cast out from from Jacob's son, I believe it was. And she said, I pray thee, let me not see the death of this child. If you get concerned, God will work on the other end. While Hagar was over here praying, and her son was over here under a shrub, and he was calling out, making God on his own behind. If you will pray, God will work on the child, and they can be saved. I once was young, and now both I've never seen the righteous forsaken, or his seed begging bread, and I've quoted that to say this, God will save if you fall before him, and you'll humble yourself, and beg God to do the work. This man was concerned about his child. It's about time we get concerned. I remember whenever I had my boys, my first one came along and I was consumed with him, with providing him everything he needed to be successful. He played little league baseball and we'd get out there and he was in coach pitch and I would toss him the ball and let him hit the ball. When he hit that one, the next one was going to be a little faster. And the next one was going to be a little faster so that his bat speed was enough where he could hit it far out into the outfield and score a run. Oh, that we would be concerned with getting them from the back pew to the front pew. That we'd be concerned with them learning the Word of God. That we'd be concerned with them knowing that there is a heaven and a hell, and they need Jesus to escape that awful place. 
That heaven is not just a place you can go to just because you are who you are. That heaven is not just a place that you can go to just because that your mom and dad or your grandma and grandpa or your aunt and uncle or whoever it is in your family is a part of the church. Heaven is a place you go to because yes, Jesus to save you and there's no other way to get there. All right. This parent was concerned. And as he spoke... The young lad fell down, wallowing, foaming at the mouth. Jesus said, how long has, how long has your child been in the shape it's in? You had to have a perfectly healthy child. But how long has your child been troubled? How long has your child been afraid? How long has your child been scared to die? Oh, how long has this child been in that shape? And the father said, since he was a lad, since he was young. Oh, and if you could do anything, have compassion, have mercy. The world won't have any on you, but Jesus loves you. And there's nothing that's impossible with God. He had asked the disciples. They had tried their best. We got deacons here at Dutch Bottoms. I've got confidence in every one of them that if you called any of them, they would do the very best they could to help you. If you needed a gallon of milk or a loaf of bread or you needed a word of prayer or you needed a little bit to help along the way, they'd do all they could to help you. But there are things that man can't do. They can't give you one more day of health. They can't cause your heart to beat one more time. They can't cause your lungs to fill with iron on one more time. They can't keep you from hell. But if you'll trust God, He's able to provide the things that you think are impossible. With God, all things are possible. Bear with me for just a minute longer, will you? And so the Lord bid the unclean spirit. Now notice the spirit. What kind of spirit was it? It was a dumb spirit. We take that, and when I was growing up, and it may be improper terminology now, I'm not sure. When I was growing up, that was someone who couldn't speak. They were unable to produce speech. This, this spirit was a deaf and dumb spirit. Couldn't hear, couldn't speak. You may be, have perfect hearing in these things on the side of your head. But have you opened this one up? Are you hearing what I'm telling you today that you need to be saved? Are you listening? It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to listen. Are you listening? Jesus loves you. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the biggest drunk in Cobb County. Jesus still loves you. I don't care if you've taken every pill that's ever been produced. Jesus still loves you. I don't care if you've never darkened the door of the church, if you've cursed the preacher, if you've desecrated the church building. God still loves you. He made a plan of salvation that included you. And the Bible says this, and I believe it with all my heart. Ask and you shall receive. Jesus called. 
kind of spirit was it? It was a dumb spirit. Anything that keeps you in the awful shape that you're in and doesn't show you any ray of hope, doesn't show you a way out, doesn't show you a ray of sunshine, doesn't light the way to Jesus is a dumb spirit. Oh, Jesus beckoned the spirit and told him to come out of the young lad and the young lad fell dead. And so much that people said he's dead. He didn't move. They couldn't notice him breathing. He didn't utter a sound. He didn't foam. He was lifeless until Jesus took him by the hand. When you're in Jesus' hand, you're, you're special. When you're in Jesus' hand, you're blessed. When Jesus puts his hand on you, there'll be new life spring forth. Oh, I like this song, don't you? I was lost and undone without God. He said, I was like that young lad. I was lifeless. I was dead in my sins. But when Jesus passed by and lifted me out, oh, I became a new creature. I'm living. If coronavirus gets this body, I've got another one. I'm going to live it throughout all eternity. And if you think I could do a few things in this, just wait till you don't see me run and then skip and fall to my knees and praise the Savior in the portals of glory. Amen. <coughs> Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. That night, a long time ago, as an eight-year-old lad, my dad knelt on one side, my mom was on the other. And I got down and I said, Jesus, please save me. And preacher, why you tell that old stuff? I've got an EDS degree. I could bring you out a litany of words, it'd be all over your head. But I'd rather preach to you what Jesus did for me. Apostle Paul was a learned man. He knew every jot and tittle of the law set to feed a chamomile. But when he appeared before kings and governors, he went right back down to the road where he saw the light and heard a voice but saw no man. So I want to take you right back to a little half bed and a little back bedroom about a mile and a half from here where I knelt down. I didn't raise the roof with my prayer. You probably couldn't have heard me pray. I just said just a few words. It's real simple. I just said, Jesus, please save me. I said it over and over and over. And I didn't have to know how to multiply two times two. I didn't have to know the Ten Commandments or the 18 Articles of Faith. I didn't have to be able to quote the church covenant. I just had to know I was lost and on my way to hell. And I asked Jesus to save me. And Roger, about the fourth time I said, Jesus, please save me. I didn't have to say it anymore because there was a change on the inside. I felt that fear and that guilt leave me. And I felt a peace come in on the inside. When I got up, 
when the prayer was over and mom and dad didn't get me up when I, when we got done praying I stood up and I was about eye level with my dad he said do you feel better and I could tell the honest truth I said yes I do oh did he, he said do you want to tell anybody I said yeah I want to tell my little Sunday school teacher cause she let me color she fed me chocolate chip cookies and she told me about Jesus I believe she prayed she had a broken heart and wanted to see this little boy saved and I thank God for the church that carried a burden for this little boy folks I'll be done here in a second my dad worked at Ryan Lumber Company. They never did make a lot of money. We had one car, one old car, and dad had to do a lot of work on it just to keep it on the road. We didn't go out to eat. That was before coronavirus. We didn't go out to eat. We went to my, my Uncle Beatles restaurant about once a year. And we went to the Blue Circle out in Morristown about once a year. And we had soup, bean, and cornbread, meatloaf, and fried taters the rest of the time. I didn't know what a Big Mac tasted like until I was about 17 year old and had made enough money to buy one for myself. I didn't wear leather tennis shoes like the other kids did because they cost a lot of money that mom and dad didn't have. And I didn't have them until I was old enough to make enough money and buy a pair of them for myself. But I didn't need all that. And I'll just tell you, I made good grades, but I wasn't the smartest kid in my class. And actually, the year that I got saved, I had to go to a remedial reading class. My test scores were low, and I had to go to a remedial reading class. But I didn't have to be the best reader. I didn't have to understand every word in the Bible. I just had to know I was lost and I needed to be saved. And if you don't believe a word I've said, believe this, I know I'm saved. And I know where I'm going when this life is over. Some may have even said, that little boy's an ignorant boy. God will never use him. Some may have even said his family has no money. He doesn't come from any means. God can't do anything with that. Some may have even said, why look, his daddy's just a common laborer. His mom's just a housewife. God will never use somebody out of that little old family. But I'll have to say, God's been good to me. I'll have to say there's been a few times I know he's been by my side. There's been a few times I know that he's helped me to sing his praises. There's been a few times I know that he's helped me to preach his word. So you can take this little impossibility, this little something that everybody wrote off, and you can say with God, all things are possible. He could make a something out of nothing. He can take a beggar. And make him a child of the king. He can take the lame and make him to walk. He can take the blind and make him to see. 
He can take you and your sickness right now. And when he speaks the word, it'll all be over. Folks, don't doubt. James tells us a double-minded man's unstable in all these ways. Folks, don't take it to the Lord and pick it back up. Take it to him, leave it there, and look for God to work. Because if he tells, now listen, prayer is more than just me telling God what I want. Sometimes he tells me what he wants. Sometimes I have to go back and redo things. Yeah. I have to go back and fix things. I have to tell God I'm sorry. And I have to straighten things up in my life before he'll use me. Sometimes he tells me he wants me to do something for my neighbor or for my friend or for my family. Prayer is a two-way street. I talk to him. He talks to me. I don't hear him through here. He speaks to this. And he'll talk to you. He'll speak peace to you. We can read many times in the Bible where Jesus spoke, where God spoke. Now let me just get this. You remember when Moses stood before the burning bush. Preacher, that was thousands of years ago. That was thousands of years ago, preacher. What's that got to do with 2020? This is what it has to do. Moses said, when I tell them that you've sent me down here to deliver them, who shall I say sent me? This was God's response. Tell them I am sent you. I am. Not I was. Not I'm going to be. I am. You know what he also said? That he was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and changeth not. God is still God. Amen. He created the heavens and the earth. He makes it turn. You know what we do. One turn of the earth is 24 hours. One time around the sun is one year. That's all God. And one day, God will have the angel set one foot on the land, one foot on the sea, and declare that time shall be no longer. The earth will stop. It won't be turning on its axis anymore. The earth will stop. It won't make one more degree forward around the sun any longer. You think Corona's bad? Wait till Jesus comes. If you're not ready to meet him, you've not seen bad yet. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? Folks, this is just a trial. This is just a tribulation, if you'll have it. But there's a greater day coming. God will see us through this. Now, it'll be bad if you're not ready to meet him. But when he sends his son, for those that have believed on him, for those that have trusted in him, we're going to go that way. This is the day, this is Palm Sunday. This is the day that Jesus rode on the colt down through Jerusalem and they took their coats off and they laid them down in the, on the ground and they took, if they didn't have coats, they took palms off the trees and laid them down on the ground all to celebrate the king coming in to Jerusalem. For those of us that have believed on him and trusted in his name,
we'll have a great big celebration day one day after a while. Yes, oh, I'd like for you to be a part of it. I'd like for you to know who Jesus is. I'd like for Jesus to save you, and he sure will if you will ask him. Oh, preacher, you just don't know how I've lived. I've done some things I'd be ashamed for anybody to ever know. God already knows, and he still wants to save you. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to confess to me because I can't do a thing about your sin. You don't have to tell the deacons. You don't have to tell the priest. You don't even have to list everything you've ever done to the Lord. You just have to be sorry for it. And you have to ask the Lord to come into your life and save you. You do that, and he'll bring the peace that I've told you about this morning. With God, all things, even the thing you need, even the thing that you think will never happen. Even the thing, and I've known people, I've known women that pray for their husbands for years and years and years. We have one right here at Dutch Bob's. She prayed for, I think, 30-something years for her husband to be saved. And about five years before he passed away, I didn't even know who they were. They walked through the door one Sunday morning. He had been to Dutch Bob's as a child Someone was kind to him. And as an 88, 87-year-old man, he remembered it that long ago and came back. And his wife prayed and prayed and prayed. And if he even gave any inkling that he would like to come to church, she put him in the car and brought him. And then one Monday morning while I was at work, and it seemed like I'd preach and preach, and he had a hard time hearing, and I was, the Satan worked with that on me. Satan said, he can't hear you. And when the Lord would let me, I'd go right back there where he stood. I didn't try to drag, didn't try to pull, but I'd just stand right there and just preach about the goodness of God and how wonderful it is to be saved. I saw folks let the Spirit use them to stand right beside of him and talk about being saved and how good it was and the power of God just all over them. And one Monday morning, while I was at work, I picked up my phone. And when I picked up my phone, I didn't even get to say hello. I just heard shouting on the phone. And when his wife come to herself, she said, he's got saved. He's got saved. Oh, you may have thought that it was impossible. Men may have said that man is too elderly. They may have said he can't hear. They may have said he's got a little touch of dementia. He'll never understand. With God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. God bless you.